Today, uh, for God's word, we're going to be in um, Isaiah 49. And for those of you who know, we're starting off our missions month today. And Isaiah 49 is going to give us a window into how we're going to begin this. Um, it talks about the heart of God um, for missions. And so I'm going to read from Isaiah 49, verses 5 to 6. Isaiah 49, 5 to 6, it says this. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It's too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob, to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> if you're new here, Mosaic's mission is to reach, embrace, and disciple. And that word reach goes to places like Crestkill, places like Norwood and Northvale. But our desire to reach goes beyond our Samarias, our local towns, and it goes to the ends of the earth. And today, I just want to introduce you to this idea that um, God's heart is the reason why we do missions. But I realized as I was preparing um, for Missions Month that a lot of you joined Mosaic in the past two years. And the past two years, our missions efforts have, for the most part, been frozen. Uh, we have not been able to do so, uh, as much as we would like on mission. And in fact, even many of our missionaries were kicked out of the countries and many of them had to return. And so I realized, you know what? We have to um, do a little bit of something to get everybody on the same page. And so today, after service, there's going to be so much information back there about our missions and also how you can get involved. But our missions committee, many of you didn't know we had a missions committee, but our missions committee is comprised of uh, members of our congregation who have a heart beat for missions. And they made this little video for you so that you could familiarize yourself with our missions. The roles that you see, uh, the um, footage that you see are actual missions trips that Mosaic uh, was a part of and that we hope to re-engage this year. And so please give your attention and learn about our missions from this video. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The church is the visible representation of God's love to the world in hopes that they believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. 1 Timothy 2.4 states that God desires for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And missions is so important for God because it is all about His love and desire for all people to be saved and to know the truth from all different nations and groups. With Mosaic's missions, we want to focus on reaching the unreached, which means reaching people who currently have very little access to the gospel. I mean, Mosaic's not a huge church, not the most influential church, but I do believe that by doing this, we can maximize our impact on bringing the gospel to the world. Our financial giving to advance God's kingdom is deeply intentional and executed on a regular basis. Mosaic's funding is a way to commit to a partner relationship with all our missionaries. This involves strategic giving and strategic receiving for the strategic advancement towards Mosaic's conviction of the Great Commission. is that Mosaic will grow its heart for missions and be able to experience God's heart for the nations and the people who have yet to hear the good news. 
have so much to say for this person. Your mercy will fall on this person. Hopefully that video gave you a little bit of a window into our efforts in the past and the efforts that we're trying to re-engage here at Mosaic. But before we go on, you guys saw two great videos today, and I just want to thank um, our creative team and our media team for making it. And I want to highlight David and Grace in the back. Could you guys stand up? Okay. They're always... They're always hidden back there, but it takes so much work to make a three-minute video. I don't know if you realize, and they just put in so much labor of love um, to make a message clear and easy for the church to understand on a Sunday morning. So thank you, David and Grace. Thank you to the creative and media team for everything that you guys do so that we could just drink it in so easily on a Sunday. So thank you all so much. Missions is God's heart um, to reach the nations. And we participate in that, as Yunhuan shared in that video, that it comes from the heart of God. And I, that's all I want to give to you today, and then I'm going to release you into the, the missions event and into communion today. And the way that I want to show you this is by unpacking one um, concept in Scripture. And the concept in Scripture that I want to unpack with you is this idea of the ends of the earth the ends of the earth. If you've been in the church, um, you've heard of this term that's in the scriptures, the ends of the earth. And yet I find that it's such a deep and rich thing. And so I want to take some time and unpack that with you. Um, If you look in today's passage, let's go to Isaiah 49 and verse 5 and 6. You see this being unpacked in today's passage. It says this again in verse 5. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. In this passage, God's expressing to Israel his deep desire to not only see Israel come back to him, but see the nations come. That was a pretty new idea for Israel because pretty much all they think about is that they were in exile and they were sent away from God and that God wants to bring them back home. But God says there's more. There's more to my heart. And he says to them in verse 6, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. That's not enough. He says, it's too light a thing. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. This term, the end of the earth, was a mysterious kind of term that I discovered on missions. Um, I discovered it in a hotel room in China. And I was revisited as I went actually with our uh, KM side, Chode to missions in China. And this term, I couldn't get out of my head, the ends of the earth. I saw that it was such a profound thing, but I didn't know the depths of it. And so when I came back from um, my missions trips, I dug into this term to try to understand what is this thing, the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth is a poetic theme that's in scripture that occurs 46 times in the Bible. And yet, how do we make sense of it? What is the ends of the earth? All of us know that the earth is a sphere. So where's the end? What is it actually talking about? If there's an end, then there must be a beginning. If there are corners to this world, then there's got to be a center. So what is the ends of the earth? And all I want to do is unpack this with you. You see, we have to begin with the understanding that for the Israelites, the promised land was central. The idea of a promised land was so important to them because the promised land is where God's presence and his promises will be executed. That's where they were going because that's where God was going to be. That's where God was going to dwell. And the promised land was Canaan. 
And eventually, it was named Israel. And Israel was the place where God's special dwelling was going to be. So if you wanted to go meet with God, you had to go to Israel because his special presence was there. But in that country, there was another center. A more concentrated version of God's presence was going to dwell in a city inside the land. And the city was called Jerusalem. And inside of Jerusalem now, there is this special presence of God because it is the city of God within the land of God. But even within Jerusalem, there's another center, the temple. And in this temple, the train of his robe would fill the temple and everyone would know his glory in the temple. But in the temple, there's another center. And in the Holy of Holies would be the most concentrated version of God's presence and promise. It was so concentrated, so powerful that it was almost dangerous to go in there. You see, for the Israelites, there's a center to the world. It begins in the Holy of Holies and expands to the temple and expands to Jerusalem and then into Israel and then to Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. You see, that's Jewish spiritual geography. And that's why it makes sense to them when you say something like the ends of the earth. And that's why for them it's so important that they traverse and journey to the center of God's presence because that's where you meet God. You see this uh, journey uh, being so important in the scriptures. Read Psalm 84 with me. David wrote this. There's this longing to be closer to the presence of God, closer to where he dwells. In Psalm 84, it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself. These are places, right? where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Selah. For him, he's thinking about people who get to live in Jerusalem, who get to live in the city of God, around the temple of God, and get to, he just pictures them just singing praise all day long, and that's all they do. They don't go to work, they don't eat, because they're in the presence of God. And for the Jews, it made sense that there is this concentrated presence of God in the center of the temple. And so their heart yearned to be there. And so, brothers and sisters, do you see in the Old Testament, there's this pull to come to the courts of the Lord, to come into the presence of God. And that's why they would make that journey every year. But here's the thing. Once you come into the presence of God and you come to meet with God, the interesting thing is as soon as you really get to know his heart and you get to spend time with him, all of a sudden there's this push out. He pushes everybody out because as you come to the center of God's heart, you see that he has this passion for something he calls the ends of the earth. In Job 28, 24, it says that God's gaze is on the ends of the earth. And I kind of picture it like this. You make this trip all the way from wherever you live, Samaria or Bethlehem or wherever. You go all the way to Jerusalem. And you make this trip and you finally come to the temple. And figuratively, you stand with God and you say, God, I've come a long way to be in your presence. I am finally here with you. And you're looking up to God. And it's like God is staring out into space. And you're going, what are you looking at? Right? I've come all this way because I've yearned for you. I long for you. And his gaze is at the ends of the earth. See, Job 28, it says God's gaze is at the ends of the earth. That's what he is passionate for. It's because his heart goes out to those who don't have access to him. You see, the presence of God is concentrated in Jerusalem, the temple, the holy holies. And then there are all these people 
who live on the outskirts of that. There are those who live at the ends of the earth, in a sense, far from his presence. And that's why the closer you get pulled into God, the more you hear him say, Isaiah 49, it is too light a thing that you just care about you. I know you've come all this way to meet me, but I have something to say to you. It is too light a thing that you just care about the preserved of Israel, that you just care about Mosaic. It's too light a thing. It's too small a thing for you to just care about this church and this nation. My desire and my eyes go to the ends of the earth. I forget who said it, but they said that to look at the Bible and to think that this Bible was basically in existence for you and your problems. And that's why God wrote this. He said to, to think that is like a postman or a mailman carrying a bag of letters, thinking that all the letters are for him. God is a missionary God, bigger than just our church, bigger than just you. And the closer you get to the presence and heart of God, the more you discover that his passion is for the ends of the earth. Because he's a compassionate God and his heart is there for the lost. You see, the other thing about this term, the ends of the earth, is that it's more than geographic. It's more than being far from God physically. It's actually an emotional place, a spiritual place. Read Psalm 61 with me. This is David crying out. This is what he says. He says, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you when my heart is faint. Now, where is David? Is David in Antarctica? Where is he? He's in Israel. He's in the place of God's dwelling. So how can he say, from the ends of the earth, I cry to you? You see, this theme in scripture is not just a geographic location, but it's an emotional location. The ends of the earth is when someone feels like God is so far away. Has anyone ever felt like that before? When you feel like you pray and it doesn't go past the ceiling. When you feel like even if you want God, you can't access him where you feel like God is not anywhere near to you, there's a place of spiritual desperation. And in the scriptures, that's also referenced as the ends of the earth. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you. It's an emotional and spiritual location where people feel lost and are desperate for God. If they could just get a little bit of God, but they don't have access to him. In modern missions, these concepts all come together and we call it unreached nations. You see, unreached nations are not just places that are far away, but they are far because they are far from access to God. They are far from access to the gospel. They are unreached because the gospel is not prevalent and accessible there. And God's gaze stares at the ends of the earth, stares at these places. You see, it is a geographic location, but it's also a spiritual location. Location. I've seen it myself, the places of deep spiritual desperation. You guys saw in the video, you saw those little kids wearing the orange jumpsuits, the orange uh, uniforms. That's at the Syrian border on the Turkey side. I took that when I was there for their summer camp. And I saw these little kids, you know, four or five years old, Syrian refugees, just met God. And someone is putting on this camp for them. And I saw these kids come to the camp an hour early before it started. And I saw these little children kneel before the altar and just thank God an hour before their VBS started. A desperation for God, a hunger and thirst for God. I've seen this in these different places that we would call unreached nations. 
Syrian refugees who have just met Jesus who would die to have your seat here today. Churches where they can't sing with their voices, but they have to sing silently for fear that somebody will find their church and take them to prison. Places where Bibles are treasured. Places where people wonder if they should bring their kids to church because their church might get raided that Sunday. Places where access to worship in God and what they would give to have your seat today. A desperation, a hunger for God is the ends of the earth. God's gaze is on the ends of the earth where his gaze stays because he sees their desperation. My brothers and sisters, you'll never understand missions until you understand this heart of God. You'll always think it's an extracurricular activity of the church for like five to 15 people who have time in the summertime. You won't really understand what missions is unless you understand God's heart for the ends of the earth. That hunger and thirst that he has, his gaze and obsession with those who are desperate for him and have no access to him and no access to the gospel. That's where Mosaic's fervor for missions must derive from. And that's why, brothers and sisters, Mosaic can never forget missions. No matter how busy we are as a church, no matter how many needs we have inside of our walls, we cannot forget missions because it is part of the deep, dark heart of God, his desire for the ends of the earth. Won't you pray this month as we spend time looking into missions this month to see how God calls you to participate in this longing of his heart? If he's your God, and if he's the God that you are trying to get close to, you can't avoid it. Won't you spend time in prayer searching to see how he would call you to missions in one way or another this month? And we do that with great hope because the last thing we see, and I'll close after this, the last thing we see in scripture is that for God, the ends of the earth are not just a place of desperation, but it's a place of huge hope, huge hope. I want to read you Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. As we come to a close here, Isaiah 57, 15, God is expressing his heart and where he's going to send his dwelling, his presence, his, his, his love. And in Isaiah 57, 15, it says this, for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell, that key word, I dwell in the high and holy place. I dwell in Jerusalem. I dwell in the Holy of Holies. I dwell in the place where 200 people can gather and shout praises to God. I dwell in the high and holy place. But then he adds this. He says, but also with him who is contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Did you hear that? He says, I'm moving. I'm moving. Not only am I going to dwell in the high places where my presence is concentrated, where everybody knows that I am, I'm actually going to double my presence and I'm also going to go to the place where they are desperate for me. I'm going to go and dwell among the lowly and the contrite. You see, he calls himself to be moving towards those who are far from him. He says, the ends of the earth, they're crying out to me and I'm going to dwell with them as well. And that's why, brothers and sisters, the ends of the earth are a place of great hope 
Because the ends of the earth is where God has promised that he would go there and bring his presence there. Where they are crying out to him in desperation. He says, my gaze is there. And because my gaze is there, I'm actually going to move my presence there. And he does that most tangibly by mobilizing us. The presence of God mobilized through his church. Mobilized so that he could be present in the ends of the earth. That's missions. That's what it is. He does it by mobilizing the church and by moving us. And he says to us, it's too light a thing for you to just care about you. It's too light a thing to think that Christianity is just this. It is too light a thing. I will expand your heart and mind to partake with my heart and mind. And when you come close to me, your gaze will also be towards the end of the earth. Will you pray this month? Will you pray this month and open your heart to that? That if this is truly the God that you worship, that maybe you should also make space in your heart for the ends of the earth. Whether it's through prayer, giving, going, supporting, loving, encouraging, that we should also partake with his heart to have our gaze at the ends of the earth. Today, as you leave this place, our missions committee will help you to make some connections. But all throughout this month, we're going to have different things happen so that you can partake and learn and be a part of this desire, this, this deep heartbeat that God has. Next week, Pastor Caleb will be coming from Morocco to tell you a little bit about Morocco and how we need to be a part of that. The week after that, Ideas is coming. And that organization is going to call us to think about our workplaces as bridges to the world. After that... I'm going to be, for the first time, calling us to pray and to be passionate about church planting, planting a church. And finally, the last week of July, we're going to be sending off the Shin family as long-term missionaries to Argentina. This whole month, we're going to be basking in God's heart for missions. And the reason, the big why behind everything is because God cares about the ends of the earth. I pray that the Holy Spirit will work in us as well, so that we will care about the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Close. So we move towards communion. I just want to ask you to <clears throat> open your heart to God's heart for the lost, for the ends of the earth, the places of spiritual desperation, inaccessibility to God's presence and his gospel. Let's pray. Would you pray for people who have no access? Would you pray for people who literally cry out from the ends of the earth? Would you pray for people who long for a community, a place where they could sing out loud? For those who don't know Christ and don't even have a missionary close by to tell them about him. Let's engage God's heart as we see his gaze toward the end of the earth. Uh, let's engage our hearts with his. And let's do that with prayer.